Hebrews chapter 5, beginning in verse 12. I hope, um, if you haven't got a Passion Version yet, you might want to just go to that in the Bible out, Passion Version, Passion Translation, um, especially this morning, um, because I have about 1,000 scriptures, and they're not all in one place. So <laughs> you're going to be flipping back and forth a little bit, uh, going back and forth, so you might want to write them down, jot them down, uh, whatever you need to do, uh, kind of keep up with it, go back to it, because these are some declarations that I think you need to speak over yourself. Um, these are things that you're going to need to, um, really, this is a foundation today. Um, and so one of the things that we've been talking about is righteousness. One of the things we've been talking about is uh, sonship. Um, we went over um, and led up to the cross at Easter and uh, looked at what that means, hemartia, um, what actually sin is. It's not when we are doing wrong. That's actually the fruit of the sin, right? The fruit of the sin. The sin is the disease, right? Um, and so we looked at how that disease infiltrated us. And so through Adam, that sin infiltrated mankind. But through that one man's sin, that other man's sacrifice is so much more, right? And so what we focus on still so much more, even in church today, is we're still focusing on Adam instead of what Christ has actually done and made right today, okay? So look at Hebrews chapter 5, beginning in verse 12. And this is what he says. For you should already be professors instructing others by now. But instead you need to be taught from the beginning the basics of God's prophetic oracles. You're like children still needing milk and not yet ready to digest solid food. For every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet pierced by the revelation of righteousness. Solid food is for the mature whose spiritual senses perceiving heavenly matters and they have been adequately trained by what they've experienced to emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is evil and harmful. Verse uh, 1 of chapter 6. Now is the time for us to progress beyond the basic message of Christ. Advance into perfection. The foundation has already been laid for us to build upon turning away from our dead works to embrace faith in God, teaching about different baptism, impartation by the laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. So with God's enablement, we will move on to deeper truths. We can't move on to deeper truths until we get the heart that is pierced with the revelation of righteousness. If you pierce something, right? I want you to think about it. What happens... Girls, you pierce your ears and you don't put something in it to leave it there. What happens? Closes up, right? So the revelation of righteousness, sometimes we've heard that, right? And then we said, oh, well, we learned that. Let's go on to something else. But the revelation of righteousness is so much deeper than you can imagine. And how I know we're not perceiving the revelation of righteousness and actually pierced by it is because we have not moved on to the deeper truths. Okay? So what we want to do is we want to move on to deeper truths. We don't want to just be stuck and just going to church. Right? One of the things um, Brent stops us a lot during our song says, don't forget. Like we're singing all these songs, but don't forget. That should be coming you. Right? You should be coming that. You are a son in him. You are together, one in one, right? You are together. 
And so in that, you should be coming together as one body. We should be looking like Him. Right? So often what we're doing is we're coming to pay homage to God instead of coming to be transformed like God. And so it's time that we stand up and get into a place where we're becoming who we were really made to be from the very beginning. See what I'm saying? So that is the revelation of righteousness because we can't go to the throne of grace with confidence and boldness if we don't know that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. It's not like He just put it on you. It's not like it's just an add-on. It's not a coat that you put on. It is actually who He has made you to be. It is now your likeness. His righteousness is your likeness now. Right? So, when does this happen? Because we'll hear sermons like that. We'll say amen. We'll hear it. Well, somebody will post it on Facebook. Amen. That's true. That's so and so on. But we're not living it. So we still haven't been pierced by it. And time after time, even as growing up, and even sermons previous to our transformation here at this place, there were times when I still wasn't getting it. Does that make sense? And so we got to go deeper because still there's a big thing uh, that kind of goes over us and, and it's partly true but it's partly not true and that, that's this sermon that went out a long time ago it says we're there but not yet and we held on to the not yet part instead of saying this is what he's done and so whenever we fail whenever somebody sins we want them to confess it get all out in the open But what invades the darkness? Light. So just by calling something dark does not destroy it. It must have the light. When you walk into a room and it's dark, what do you do? Flip the switch. Right? You just flip the switch. How much effort does it take to just flip the switch? And now all of a sudden, what was dark has now become light. And in that effortless switch of just me confessing who I am now and what He has done, now I am transformed in an instant. Not just simply because I confessed that it was dark, but because I confessed of what He's done and who I am now. You see what I'm saying? So, I want to read these passages over you. And I want you to keep this question in the back of your head as I read them. When does this happen? Or when did it happen? Okay? Question is what? When does this happen? Or when did it happen? Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse 10. Listen to this, and I want you to tell me when. And our own completelessness is now found in Him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. How many times does He say in this one verse, complete? Twice in one verse, he reminds you completeness. 
Now, when does he say you get completeness? After death, when you finally get to heaven one day in the sweet by and by, or does he say now? When? When? Why do we live like it's later? Everything that we're talking about right now is the revelation of righteousness because without his righteousness, you cannot be made full. You cannot be made complete. So the revelation of righteousness says you are complete when? 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 Now. Okay, go to the next one. Romans 8, 37. And I'm saying them like that, guys, because we have to get it in and we don't have it in here. We have it in here. Notice in Hebrews 5 when we read that passage, it says until you've been pierced by the revelation of righteousness and then the next thing it says, through your experience. Bill and I was talking about that the other day. We get it here, but until you experience it, it doesn't get into here. Okay? We can have it here all day, but until you begin to live a life that experiences this truth, then it gets in here. When it gets in here, you can live it effortlessly. Okay? So we want to go beyond here through experience in here. Okay? So Romans 8, verse 37. Yeah, even in the midst of all these things, he already said, you know, we consider like sheep to the slaughter, all that stuff. Midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. All those disasters, all those things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors, and He has demonstrated love is our glorious victory, our everything. When is that? When we die, we get to be triumphant? When? When? You are now what? Not just conquerors. Not just conquerors. Conquerors just go in and try to win. More than conquerors means you also take the spoils of what the enemy left and you make it good. Win. Not in the sweet by and by. Even now, in the midst of trials, in the midst of troubles, in the midst of your problems right now in your life that you're going through right now in your life, you are, he says, more than a conqueror. So the thing that came in your way is not to just take you down and leave you there, but the thing that came in your way was for you to show it who the Son really is and that you take the spoils that the enemy tried to come and take, that he tried to do, and you come and take back which is yours and which is his and make it right again. When? Now. Now. Look at the next one. Philippians 4.13. Somebody can quote this for me. What is it? Philippians 4.13. Say it out loud. For I can do... How many things? How many? All things. How? Through Christ who strengthens me. In the sweet by and by or now? Now. Romans 5 verse 1. Romans 5. Beginning verse 1. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness. Whose righteousness? Not yours. Not yours. 
transfers God's righteousness to us. And he, when? Look at that word. He what? Now. When? Now. In the sweet by and by or now? He now declares us flawless in his eyes. When? Only when you're doing right. Only when you go to church. Only when you're praying and ask for forgiveness. When? Right now. Or as in Louisiana, Mangum, Louisiana, right now. R-A-T, right now. Right? Right now. Then he goes on to say, this means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God. Why? All because of, our, of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Has done means what? Past tense. It's done. Our faith guarantees us permanent access. How much? Permanent access. We're not going in and out. Every time you mess up, you don't have access no more. Got to try to gain it back. No, it's permanent access. When? Right now. Into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth where? Within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. Not in the sweet by and by. But when? Right now. Right now. All those things that we just read, those promises of God are not for some future tense version of us and not some future tense placement of us. That is right now your placement. Permanent access. See, if we don't have the revelation of righteousness, we won't know this permanent access that we get to go to the throne of grace with boldness and confidence to receive whatever for we ask. We'll hide back. We'll shrink back. We won't know what we're supposed to do, right? We won't even know who we are. We won't be confident not only in who we are, we're not confident in Him either because we're waiting on Him to zap us instead of have a relationship with us. That's why I must be pierced with this revelation, okay? Because you've got to be pierced with it because you've got to get the sin consciousness out of your mind. He didn't come to make you sin consciousness anymore. He came to make you conscious of who He created you to be. So let's look. Who is this that I read this? I want you to ask the question in your mind. Who is this depending on? Is this depending on us? Or is this depending on God? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Is this depending on us or God? For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us. Why? So that we might become. You see what I said? It's your, your I amness. It's your isness. It's who you is. It's who you be. It's not who you're trying to become. It's who you are. 
to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God through our union with Him. Is that dependent on you or dependent on what He's already done? Which one? Him, right? Is that saying when you die you get this or is that saying right now you have this? What? You already have it. It's yours. That's why the only thing that the enemy has is to lie to you. You believe the lie, you empower the liar. And look at our lives. We continue to be sin conscious and we can continue to go down by the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Is this good? Is this bad? Is this good? Is this bad? Is this good? Jesus walks in the room and makes everything that is not holy, holy. Time for you to start doing the same thing. Jude 24. Jude don't have chapters, so Jude 24 is the only chapter. It's verse 24. I want you to answer the same question. Is this depending on us or depending on God? Jude 24, now, we can already answer. We ain't read but one word. When? (laughs) When? Now, Now, to the one with enough power to prevent you. What? Hold up. I thought, I've been taught all my life that we're just a poor, pitiful, I think I unplugged the thing. Poor, pitiful sinner saved by grace. I'm just a poor, pitiful sinner. I've been taught that my whole life. Right? If I'm just a poor, pitiful sinner, that's all I'll ever be. Until finally I die and get rescued from that misery. Isn't that what you've been taught? That you just can't escape sin. No way you can escape sin. Is that what you've been taught? Yes or no? Yes or no? Okay. I just wonder if it was just me. Y'all just looking around like I'm crazy. I thought maybe I went. Somewhere else, y'all, I wanted to go know what church y'all went to. when you All right. So, now to the one with enough power to prevent you from stumbling into sin. Huh? We believe that? Now, think about it now. That's a good word if we want to say amen because it's in the Bible, but I want you to say amen if you believe it enough to live that. Your consciousness. Does your consciousness believe that? Does your consciousness actually believe this on a day-to-day basis? Does your consciousness actually believe it when you look at yourself in the mirror in the morning time? I'm looking around the room and I'm seeing a lot of shaking head no. You see how we have not been pierced by the revelation of righteousness, and I'm only in the introduction for today. We have to get it. We have to get this revelation. So, is this now to the one with enough power to prevent you from stumbling into sin and bring you faultless before His glorious presence to stand before Him with ecstatic delight. What's your new name? Hephzibah. God delights in you. That's your new name. 
What did he say? And he's doing this, standing before you with each other, face-to-face, pros with one another, face-to-face encounters, lip-to-lip, doing what? With ecstatic delight. You can't believe that you're dirty and stand in the midst of the King of Kings. Whew, come on. You can't stand face to face with the King of all glory and believe that you have something dirty about you. You can't. You're going to shy away. You're not going to be in confidence whatsoever. You're probably not even going to walk up to the presence. And he says... He has enough power to prevent you not only just to say that you're righteous, to not just declare, hey, I don't see, I know they keep messing up, and I know, but I I just don't see that anymore. He's not even saying, like he's going beyond that. Like he's saying, yes, that's true, but I'm going to take it to a whole new level, and I'll prevent you from even stumbling. But you've got to get this revelation. The light has to be more than the darkness. but keep eating from the wrong tree. So if his exceeding great joy is now, and if you just think about it, if he can't present us to the Father right now with exceeding great joy, he's not going to be able to present us before the Father when we die with exceeding great joy. Right? It is in the now. It is not later on. E.W. Kenyon said this, if death cleanses us from sin then we are in a huge dilemma. And how do we live? That death is our victory. Paul says, oh death, where is your victory? Where is your sting? So we, which one we believe? That it's the death that's going to get us what we need? That it's the victor? Are we going to be believe Paul that says, oh death, where is your victory? Where is your sting? Like he didn't even acknowledge it. I mean, they beat him to death and he picked himself back up and said, it ain't time yet. I'm going to keep going. He didn't have a contract with death. He couldn't die until he released his spirit, just like Jesus. Let that sink in. I know that goes far beyond those deep truths that we just said a while ago. But it's true. It's hard to wrap your minds around it, though, until you get this truth. You see how it's just going to continue to make you grow and grow and grow and grow? No longer about going to church. No longer about the next Bible study. But it's about you going deeper in intimacy that you never even thought possible. It's going to transform not only you, but the people that God's got in your life. John 10.10 says that what? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What is death? Is it from the enemy or is it from God? From the enemy. So why are we saying that death is going to bring us all this stuff that we're supposed to have in Christ? You can't do that. You see the contradiction of how we're living our lives? And James says that you can't live on these two truths. Like you can't be double-minded and expect to receive anything from God. When you are double-minded, don't even bother trying to ask because you're not going to get it because you don't even know who you are. See, that's why Paul walked in the confidence that he had. He asked for anything. Peter's shadow. He didn't even have any acknowledge. He wasn't saying, Oh God, I hope today my shadow falls on somebody. 
He was just walking in the glory and the shadow hit him and they didn't know what to do with him. So we have to believe we are righteous when? Now. 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Get it with verse 4. As a result of this, He has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price. Why? So that through the power of these tremendous promises, we can experience partnership with the divine nature. Another version says you are partakers of the divine nature by which you have escaped past tense the corrupt desires that are of the world. Experience what? Partnership. Partnership. When is partnership? If heaven's supposed to invade earth, do we need to die to begin that partnership? Or is it supposed to be now? Now. You're partakers of the divine nature now. Like He's included you now. Romans chapter 1. Told you I had a lot. I don't want you to see that we're taking one verse in Hebrews and making a rule out of it. This is the gospel. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I refuse to be ashamed of the wonderful message of God's liberating power unleashed in us through Christ. For I am thrilled to preach that everyone who believes is saved. The Jew first, then the people where? Everywhere. This gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's what? Hmm. So you should have a continued revelation of what? Not just the word righteousness, God's righteousness. What did Jesus say? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you. A lot of times we're striving in prayer. Striving in prayer, asking, 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 asking. If we were seeking first His kingdom, which is to bring His kingdom on earth, and His righteousness, which is who we are, then all these things are going to follow after you. Go ahead. That's right. That's right. So the revelation of righteousness and being pierced by the revelation of righteousness, guess what? All the things of the kingdom are just going to what? Flow. It's the gateway. It's the flow. Okay? Um, this gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness, and then he says, a perfect righteousness done what? Given to us. When we what? Which is the only work in the kingdom? Believe. When we believe. See why when you believe the lie, it empowers the liar? 
When we believe that we can't get out of sin anymore, we've empowered the liar and we continue the same struggles, the same hang-ups, no matter how many places we go, no matter how many retreats we go to, no matter how many um, drug rehabs we go to, no matter how many Alcoholics Anonymous we go to, no matter how many home groups we belong to, no matter how many accountability partners you get. And not saying anything's wrong with any of those things. Some of us need that guidance until we get there. But the revelation of righteousness should be our end goal so that that person can now be free on their own and show others how to be free on their own. Does that make sense? And it's given to us when we what? Believe it. See the simple, just the simple little analogy I gave you earlier of just flip the light switch on. It's just simple. Flip it on. It's that simple to simply believe. But we have so much junk in our trunk. (laughs) Got so much junk here. We can't let the truth set us free. Remember, whenever he says, and the truth shall set you free, it is the word reality. Whenever you finally figure out your true reality of who you really are, then you'll be set free. Then you'll be set free. Go with me over to chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 1. So now, when? So now, when? Now, the case is closed. It's not being opened again. Not going to have another hearing today. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. There remains what? No accusing voice of condemnation. No accusing voice. Now, some of your translations may say, um, for those who walk according to the Spirit and not the flesh, those are not in the oldest manuscripts, by the way. Um, So they added that later, probably just to twist your arm and doing something that you want them to do. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Beginning in verse 5. 1 John 1. Verse 5, this is the life-giving message we heard him share, and it's still ringing in our ears. We now repeat this word, these this, this words to you. God is pure light. You will never find even a trace of darkness in him. If we claim that we share life with him, but keep walking in the realm of darkness, we're fooling ourselves and not living the truth. But if we keep living in the pure light that surrounds him, we share unbroken fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' his Son continually cleanses us from all sins. I don't have time to go into it now, but if you go into the Mirror Study Bible, oh my, in this whole chapter, um, and how he goes through every detail of every Greek letter and just gets it broken down so you can finally see it. Um, but he has a, he just does a phenomenal job of showing you, yes, kind of what I just said earlier about, yes, if you've done a wrong to your brother, we go apologize because, not, not because he revealed how bad we are, but you, you realize that's not, that's not who I really am. And that's not my papa. So now I, I need to go apologize. When I offended Brent, I should have go apologize to him. Not because he's spanking me and telling boy, you better hurry up, get over. But because I realize 
that's not me. And that's not Papa. Let me go tell him. And then after I tell him, that what that's not me. I shouldn't have done that. And then I don't go into my confession closet for the next six weeks fasting and praying and repenting. What I do is go into, into the closet rejoicing for who he is and what he's done to make me clean. Because all I'm doing now is I'm exposing that darkness in the light. And guess what happens to it? It's gone. If I just continue to sit there and confess and confess and confess and confess, and I walk up and I try to walk out the door, it's right there with me still going around there where I'm going because I'm still walking in the darkness, not as he is in the light. That's what he's talking about here in 1 John. To walk in that light as he is in the light dispels the darkness. And when do we have this relationship? Now. Now. We are taught from the very beginning that if we're born again, what are we taught about being born again? You must be born again. You must be born again. Sometimes we're taught, depends on what denomination you're in, you got to be born again, 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 again. But being taught, from my knowledge, most of my life, I was taught born again simply meant He's going to forgive you in the end. But you better confess every time you still sin every day because He wants you to confess or else you're not going to be forgiven. And He'll forgive you in the end. You might barely make it into heaven, but once saved, always saved. But you might barely make it in by the skin of your teeth, but at least you'll be in there. And then the other part that you got through born again was you got to live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. That's all. That's the basic gist of it, right? I guarantee you go around and do a survey right now. What does it mean to be born again for church people? And that's what they're going. It's going to be somewhere in that area, right? But to be born of a nature. Jesus told them in John chapter 8, He told them, He says, you're born, He was telling the Pharisees, He says, you're born of the nature of your father, the devil. He said, because you're confused and you believe the liar. And he said, here's the truth standing right before you and you can't even believe. So who were they children of? They were children of Satan because they did what? Believed his lie, right? So they were born of the nature of Adam and they were born of the nature of the father of the devil, right? Because why? They believed the lie. It infiltrated them. So here's the deal. If you're born again now, if you're born again, what do you do? You have a brand new what? Nature. All old things have been what? Passed away. Behold, all things have become brand new. Right? So in that, that hamartia that we looked at before, the disease, which means to be without your allotted pattern or to be without your form, which is what we got in Adam. You're born again to a new nature. It's a divine nature. It's partakers of this divine nature. You are now in that nature. But because you believe the lie, you are still empowering the liar. But he says you've been, if you've been born again, you were co-crucified, which means your old self died. Not just for in the sweet by and by. It died then, 2,000 years ago. It was also co-resurrected and then it was co-ascended into heaven. Then, past tense, it's done. Case closed. 
as he said in Romans 8.1. And so he's taken you to a new level of understanding that's got to go from here down to your heart. Look at 1 John chapter 3. Just over one more chapter. 1 John chapter 3. Verse 10. Actually, go to verse 9. Everyone who is truly God's child will refuse to keep sinning. Huh? I didn't think it was possible. Because God's seed remains within him and he is unable what? to continue sinning because he has been fathered by God himself. I didn't think that was possible. I'm just reading it. I didn't, by the way. It's right here. Not making it up. It's right here. Verse 10 here is how God's children can be clearly distinguished from the children of the evil one. Which father are you of? Anyone who does not demonstrate righteousness and show love to fellow believers is not living with God as his source. What's the first thing he says you demonstrate? Righteousness. Why is that? That's who you are. It's who you are. It's your isness. It's your I amness. It's who you be. I know none of that was correct grammar, but it's the truth. It's who you are, not striving to become or striving to be. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We looked at verse 21 a while ago. I want to go back a couple of verses to verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to start at verse 17. Now, when? I love that he tells us so we don't have to guess. If anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. This is what born again means. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records of their transgressions. And he has entrusted to us the ministry of open the door of reconciliation to God. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them tenderly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf. Turn back to God. Be reconciled to Him. For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God through our union with Him. It's a done deal. Romans chapter 6, verse 12. Almost done. Almost done. Sin is a dethroned monarch. It's been dethroned. But we live like it's still on the throne. So you must no longer give it an opportunity to, to rule over your life, controlling how you live and compelling you to obey its desires and cravings. So then refuse to answer its call to surrender. Your body is a tool for wickedness. So in other words, when you're doing those things, what are you doing? You're forgetting who you are. You're forgetting who you are and who He is and you're submitting and believing the lie which is empowering the liar. Sin no longer lords over you. It has been dethroned. Ephesians chapter 1. Some of my favorites. Ephesians chapter 1. Just a reminder. Verse 3. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been past tense lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful Heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because 
He sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate Him with all our hearts. Go over to chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 27. All that He does in us is designed to make us a mature church for His pleasure until we become a source of praise to Him, glorious and radiant, beautiful and holy, without what? Fault or flaw. Last one, Colossians 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. Colossians 1, verse 21. Even though you were once distant from Him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, He reconnected you back to Himself. He released His supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of His own body as the sin payment on your behalf. Why? So that you would dwell in His presence. Now, when? There is nothing between you and Father God. For He sees you as holy. He sees you as flawless. He sees you as restored. If indeed you continue to advance in faith, assured of a firm foundation to grow upon. What firm foundation are we growing upon? The foundation of what? Righteousness. Never be shaken from the hope of the gospel you have believed in. And this is the glorious news I preach all over the world. Paul says... This is why I'm beaten. This is what I'm trying to get people to understand. This is why the church people don't get it. This is why the religious crowd doesn't like it. Because it's me. And you. And you. And me, Jesus said. So now, it's time that we stop just coming week after week Pay our dues. Pay our homage. It's time to become transformed into new creations. Not by striving. I'm not going to ask you to jump around, do jumping jacks, flip around, dance around. I'm not going to ask you to do any of those things. I just want you to simply believe what the Word of God says about you and about him. Notice in the Hebrews again it says this revelation of righteous when you believe but it's through experience. That means when you fail this afternoon when you do not do what you were supposed to do as a child of the king and you misidentified yourself because you believed the lie over the truth. That's going to be the test to see if you really believe what I told you. That's going to be the test to see if you really believe what the Word of God that was spoken over you today is true to you. Not because you just walked away and said, well, I'm forgiven anyway, so I just keep living like that. That's not the test. The test is, is that you're going to get up. You're going to make it right because that's who He is and that's who you are in Him. But not only after that, but you're going to acknowledge the truth that He has spoken over you. And you're going to declare out with your mouth and and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When the enemy begins to lie to you in the morning when you look in the mirror and you don't feel good enough and you don't feel worthy enough, that's when the test is going to come. 
to see if you really believe. Through experience, are you going to let it get into your heart? Are you going to walk away and believe the liar? To believe is to simply look in the mirror and say, I am righteous. Dan Moeller says he'll look in the rearview mirror going down the road and says, you look good, you beautiful son of God, you... What are you declaring? Are you declaring over your life what the enemy is speaking right now? And what he's going to speak into your life? Are you going to declare the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ? As you begin to confess the truth, the light dispels the darkness. No longer will you become sin conscious, but you'll become righteous conscious of who you really are. Just bow your heads and receive. I want you to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All right, let's try that again. One person did it. Stretch out your hands. In a place of receiving right now. And let's just declare out loud. Confess means out loud. There's power in your words. There's power in your voice. You are created in the likeness of God that whenever He said, let there be light with His mouth, light came into the darkness and dispelled the darkness. So I want you to picture every darkness that's covering over you right now that it's just being dispelled as you declare truth over yourself right now. Saying, I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. I am the head. I am not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am a lender to many nations. I never have to borrow. Everything I have is blessed. Everything I touch is blessed. For His kingdom and His kingdom alone. You look at your own situation. Maybe the sickness coming against your body. I want you to declare that you are whole and that you are healed. See, righteousness means you're you're you got it all, the completeness. Nothing lacking, not even in health. Nothing lacking. Saying you're not good enough, you say I'm worthy. And just receive again. I'm going to declare over you one more time. Father, I thank you, God, for the ones in this room, God. God, I thank you for their life. God, I thank you, God, that you are moving mountains in their life right now. God, where they thought there was no way, God, you are making ways. Where there were seas, you are making highways, God. See you envelop them. May they see it as well. The moment you believe the atmosphere is going to change in your life, simply believe this week. Trust. And let Him do the miraculous in you. In Jesus' name. Love you guys. Have a good week.